MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. Today, the Department of Justice Inspector General is investigating Trump's attempt to overthrow the government. The Department of Homeland Security warns of an increasing threat of violence over Trump conspiracies. The Pentagon announces all active duty service members, reserve and guard must be vaccinated against COVID by September 15th. And a judge warns that the lead felony charge in many of the insurrection cases could be constitutionally vague and asks prosecutors to clarify. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Well, welcome back, Dana. Hello. Hey, G, I miss you. I missed all the listeners. That was, uh, yeah, I don't ever want to have to take another week off ever. <laughs> well, we will be taking another week off at the end of this month. What? Do not threaten me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we've got some really great people who are going to take over the pod for us while we're gone. This is my, remember how I said I was going to take a, a week vacation every eight weeks? Yes. It's already been. Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, that's what's happening. Well, good. Yeah. So we, we need that downtime. But uh, we there will be content. Don't worry. We're not going to leave you without content. As always, I'm going to make it all happen for you. Uh, later in the show today, I'm going to be talking to Glenn Kirshner about the new developments of the Department of Justice. And thanks to all the patrons who came out to the meet and greet in Manhattan on uh, we did it on Friday. And it was absolutely amazing. We did it at the Vine in um, Chelsea. And we had a large number of people there. People, Dana, people flew in from Alaska, from Portland. That is awesome. I was so sad to miss it. Yeah. Next time. We'll do it next time. Definitely. But it was just absolutely so much fun. I'll be having another one in D.C. sometime between August 28th and 30th, somewhere in there. So uh, mark down on your calendars. We will be having, I will be having a meet and greet in D.C., and I'm going to try to get Andrew Torres to come, too. So girl. anyway, that's what we're doing. But I'm looking forward to talking to Glenn Kirshner later in the show. He's got some really, really important stuff to say about the Department of Justice and the insurrection, the overthrow, the coup, all that stuff, all this new news. And we will go over it briefly. We do have a lot of other headlines as well. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Lead story. As you all know, I took a heap of shit last week for tweeting <laughs> that I was certain the Department of Justice was and is already looking into Trump's attempted coup, especially when we got that Jeffrey Clark news after the release of the letter that he wrote that brought us to the brink of having democracy overthrown. You know, I got dragged on Twitter. It's like there's been no there's nothing the saying that we are. We need to hurry up. You don't know what you're talking about. But Saturday, we learned that the inspector general is investigating at minimum the phone calls between Trump and Rosen and the conspiracy between Trump and Jeffrey Clark to weaponize the Department of Justice as part of his attempts to overthrow the government. So this Jeffrey Clark letter, Dana, it was written for it generalized that the Department of Justice, he was speaking as if he were representing the Department of Justice in this draft letter that he sent around. Right. And he said, we are investigating election irregularities. And you remember the day before Trump said to Rosen on the phone, just say that the investigation was corrupt. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'll take care of the rest. We'll take care of the rest. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, bada bing. And so <laughs> next day, Clark writes this letter and says, we are. The DOJ is investigating election irregularities. 
And then they they point out Georgia and they asked the Georgia General Assembly to gather together, throw out the Biden electors because the DOJ said that the election in Georgia is corrupt and pick a whole new slate of electors for Trump and send them to D.C. They were literally going to overturn the will of the people in Georgia. Now, Rosen met with the inspector general for two hours on Friday and has been working with the Department of Justice to get his testimony on the record before Trump could sue to block it. This is according to sources familiar with the meeting with the inspector general. And Rosen, according to the New York Times reporting and sources familiar with the matter, said that Rosen and the Department of Justice have been working on this for most of the year. So talk about not hearing anything and, and you know, why haven't we heard anything about it? Well, yeah, they've been doing it for most of the year and we didn't hear. Now, uh, additionally, Rosen spent seven hours with the Senate Judiciary Committee behind closed doors on Saturday. Senators don't work in August on Saturday. So to take a seven hour <laughs> A testimony is is uh, a big effing deal. And another Department of Justice official testified to the same committee about their intent to resign. Remember, they were going to all of them were going to resign if Trump fired Rosen mm-hmm. to install Jeffrey Clark. So Garland, I think, using the inspector general in the Senate Judiciary could be uh, he could be doing a, a, a parallel grand jury investigation criminally while this is going on and working together. Or he could be throwing this at the IG and the Senate first to provide political cover so that, you know, if he does take up a, a, a criminal investigation, he can say, look, I didn't run with this myself. The bipartisan Senate Judiciary Committee and the non-political, non-partisan inspector general made criminal referrals. I am duty bound. Absolutely. To follow the evidence. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I'm going to be speaking with Glenn Kirshner about all of this. And he is 100 percent certain that the the Department of Justice is already criminally investigating this and we just haven't heard about it. He's going to tell us why he thinks that later in the show. Oh, just the thought brings me joy. Thanks for kicking us off with that. Next up, we've got the Department of Homeland Security said Friday that they've observed, quote, an increasing but modest level of activity online by people who are calling for violence in response to baseless claims of 2020 election fraud and related to the conspiracy theory that the former guy will be reinstated. I think they're shooting for uh, August. We're in August now. It's supposed to happen soon. Mm -hmm. This is another quote. Some conspiracy theories associated with reinstating the former guy, I can't even say it in the quote, have included calls for violence if desired outcomes are not realized. Now, the DHS says in the bulletin, they do not have specific evidence. There is a plot imminent. Quote, as public visibility of the narratives increases, we are concerned about more calls to violence. Reporting indicates that the timing for these activities may occur during August 2021, although we lack information on specific plots or planned actions. If they just listen to Mike Lindell give a speech, they'll have some very specifics about when and where. <laughs> I even know it's August 13th. I mean, what this is what drove me crazy about uh, the insurrection 1.0 on January 6th was that this all this was out on social media well in advance. They had shirts that said January 6th made, you know, I mean, like. How I, I, this, I'm, I am worried. (laughs) I'm worried. Understandably. Like, how much louder do we need to yell? Anyway, I do have some good news. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is going to seek a mandate to require that all service members get a coronavirus vaccine by September 15th and could move that date up even sooner if a vaccine receives full approval from the Food and Drug Administration. That's according to defense officials and a new memo released by the Pentagon. The effort to pursue a mandate is an acknowledgement of the rising coronavirus rates across the country as the Delta variant continues to spread and the way in which COVID-19 can wreak chaos in military units. It comes after months of senior defense officials cajoling service members to consult with their doctors to get the vaccine. 
The Biden administration has directed agencies throughout the federal government to devise plans for requiring workers to get vaccinated and contractors. Quote, the intervening few weeks will be spent preparing for this transition. This is from the memo that Austin wrote, Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense. He says, I have every confidence that service leadership and your commanders will implement this new vaccination program with professionalism, skill and compassion. We will have more to say about this as implementation plans are fully developed. Now, Biden, who must approve Austin's request for a mandate, quickly praised the decision as millions of Americans remain resistant to vaccines and governments and employees increasingly turn to mandates, uh, which I I like. So this is good. And no, you can't just quit the military if you don't like this. Sorry. No. (laughs) You could be dishonorably discharged for insubordination and lose all your benefits, though. Yay. And people who are in the military know well that when they signed that contract, they were signing control of their bodies over to the United States government. They know this. And so any objections to this are going to fall on very unsympathetic veteran ears right here. Yeah, let's uh, not even talk about what a crazy agreement that is, by the way, (laughs) just signing your body over to the federal fucking government. Mm -hmm. All right. The last story. Finally, the federal judge has warned that the lead felony charge leveled by the government against Capitol riot defendants could be unconstitutionally vague. Now, potentially putting convictions at risk of being overturned on appeal. This is a big deal. So the U.S. District Judge Randolph D. Moss, he identified the latest hurdle federal prosecutors investigating January's attack on Congress during a two-hour hearing this week over whether to dismiss the, quote, obstruction of an official proceeding charge from a 10-count indictment against two men from Colorado and Utah. Now, Moss's remarks highlight the challenge prosecutors have faced in defining the most severe criminal conduct allegedly committed on January 6th. Prosecutors have employed the obstruction charge rather than sedition or insurrection counts in a accusing at least 235 defendants of corruptly disrupting Congress's certification of the 2020 Electoral College vote. So attorneys for Brady Knowlton and Patrick Montgomery claimed that specific offense did not apply to them, arguing that the joint House and Senate session that met January 6th does not qualify as an official proceeding of Congress, which is a fucking crazy argument, AJ. They were certifying a vote. Now, Moss made clear he was not persuaded by that claim at this point, thank God. But in the first hearing of similar challenges brought by more than a dozen Capitol riot defendants in eight cases, Moss ordered further briefing by all sides over the underlying question of how the Justice Department distinguishes felony conduct under the statute, punishable by up to 20 years in prison, from misdemeanor offenses such as shouting to interrupt a congressional hearing. Moss, who was appointed to the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia in 2014, said that the government could face a constitutional vagueness problem if it cannot articulate, excuse me, articulate, I love when I mess up the word articulate, (laughs) but it cannot articulate (laughs) to to courts or put individuals clearly unnoticed how corruptly obstructing or influencing Congress differs from ordinary trespassing parading, or disorderly conduct in the Capitol. Lesser charges, those are lesser charges that are punishable by no more than six months in prison. This is a big deal. They need to fix this. We knew this. I think you said this, one of the first charges, when they charged the first person, the way they did it, we were like, this is going to set a really bad precedent moving forward. And and it is coming to a head now. Yeah, it totally is. And if they aren't able to articulate why these are felonies and not misdemeanors, there could be appeals is, is what this judge is getting at. And I'm glad that the judge is, is saying this because it, you know, it's it's he's clarifying what he's going to need to see. Absolutely. Yeah. In order to, to make these things go. 
I think they'll be able to do it. I think they'll be able to show that, first of all, this was a congressional thing. This, you know, and Moss agree. He's like, you, you can't say that, that this wasn't a, a, a process in Congress. This we were we were verifying the, the electoral votes. <laughs> yeah. But to, to differentiate between felony and misdemeanor, the corrupt obstruction. You you have to show that corruption. And, and he, so this judge has asked for briefings in several cases. Tell me how this is corrupt, making it a felony, not just a misdemeanor charge. I do like that he's just giving him mm-hmm. a little example for the people moving forward yeah. to make sure that this is in your statement. Yeah, exactly. All right. And we'll learn more as these sentencing hearings continue. And joining me next to discuss how the insurrection is inextricably linked to the larger conspiracy to overthrow the government is our friend Glenn Kirshner from Justice Matters. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's Allison Gill. Today's episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by BetterHelp, providing professional online therapy. BetterHelp counselors can help you overcome any obstacles preventing you from living your best life. They can assess your needs and assign you to an experienced licensed therapist within 24 hours so you can be communicating even immediately. My experience with post-traumatic stress has taught me that it's important to seek help rather than to try to cope alone. And it can be hard to ask for help. And that's why I love how convenient BetterHelp is. Anywhere in the world, you can sign on to your account and message your counselor anytime and you receive timely and thoughtful responses. And you can arrange weekly meetings via phone or video call. It's more affordable than offline therapy. Financial aid is available and they make it free and easy to change your counselor so you can find that great therapeutic match. Visit BetterHelp's website and read testimonials like this one by user AL, who says of their counselor, Karen has helped me through one of the most difficult points in my life. She's helpful, focused, calming, and wise. Her knowledge and expertise has given me the courage to accept challenges in my life and to rise to the occasion instead of hiding in a corner. So visit betterhelp.com slash dailybeans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And you can join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. So many people have been using BetterHelp. They're hiring counselors in all 50 states now. And we have a special offer for Daily Beans listeners. You get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I am joined by our friend and host of Justice Matters, one of the most important political podcasts and YouTube channels going right now, and also former federal prosecutor, worked for 20 plus years in D.C. Please welcome Glenn Kirshner. Hey, Glenn, how's it going? Hey, G, how are you? I'm good. So it was an interesting weekend. I I just got back from New York and we heard, at least officially, that the inspector general, Mike Horowitz at the Department of Justice, is investigating, at least at the very least, the Trump-Clark-Rosen situation, the coup, which which listeners know well by now, that that whole situation with the letter and the, the threat to for everyone to resign en masse and the testimony that we've gotten. What does this say? Because there's back and forth right now on social media and in the mainstream media at large. Some folks think the DOJ has to be criminally investigating this. And some say we haven't seen any sign of that, which is true. And it is also true that we, we would be very upset if there wasn't a criminal investigation by federal prosecutors into this attempt to overthrow a duly fair free election. What is your take on what this inspector general and Senate Judiciary Committee investigation, at least into the Clark stuff, what does that signal to us about what might or might not be going on in the Department of Justice? So, yeah, first of all, the inspector general's investigation, hugely consequential, will take a long time. The Senate Judiciary hearing that they had on Saturday, we'll talk about that in a minute, hugely consequential, is now moving at light speed, apparently. Of course, the Department of Justice is investigating this. First of all, 
we know that the Department of Justice is investigating the insurrection and that they are still, you know, primarily involved in prosecuting the foot soldiers, right? What I call the bottom rung of the insurrection ladder. But they will not be turning a blind eye to or ignoring the the funders of the insurrection, the organizers of the insurrection, the inciters of the insurrection. In fact, AG, you cannot divorce that from what they are investigating, indicting, and prosecuting the foot soldiers. So, of course, the Department of Justice is investigating all of that. Now, people, the you know, the reporters are saying, but we don't have any evidence or information that they're in that they're investigating that. Well, that is as it should be. Think about the um, Tom Barrack indictments that just dropped. All of those same reporters had no information about that. And it came out of the blue bang. Barrack is indicted. So, of course, the Department of Justice is in is uh, investigating this blockbuster information that we just got, because what we just got, A.G., is very strong evidence supporting the uh, the assertion that there is a conspiracy. There is a conspiracy between, at a minimum, Donald Trump and Jeffrey Clark. Why do I say that? A conspiracy requires two things. Two elements. One, a criminal agreement between two or more people. We have evidence of that. Donald Trump told his DOJ officials, go out, tell everybody the election was corrupt, even though there's no evidence supporting that assertion, and let me take care of the rest together with my Republican allies in Congress. We now know, courtesy of, I think Katie Benner broke the story, new reporting that Jeffrey Clark, remember that name because he needs to go on the top 10 10 list of American traitors. Jeffrey Clark took Donald Trump up on his corrupt offer. He went back to his office at the Department of Justice. He drafted up letters to six states. The letter we've seen was addressed to the governor of Georgia, the Speaker of the House, and the Senate Majority Leader in Georgia basically saying we have grave concerns about election fraud. And here is a roadmap that you can follow to throw out Joe Biden's win and nominate electors for Donald Trump. What that is, is the overt act, because you need a you need an agreement between two or more people to commit crime. And then you simply need one conspirator to do one thing toward the commission of that crime. Jeffrey Rosen, authoring those six letters, circulating those six letters among other DOJ leadership in preparation for sending those letters, which reportedly he never did. That's an overt act. You know, I was on with Stephanie Rule this morning. I said, let's use this as an example. And I often pull Stephanie into my hypothetical crimes. I said, Steph, let's assume you and I are going to rob a bank. I go out and get a gun. You go out and rent a car because we're going to use a rented car to rob the bank. And the next day, we decide for whatever reason to abandon our plans. We're not going to go through with it. You know what we've done? We've committed the crime of conspiracy to rob the bank because you don't have to commit the underlying or agreed to crime to be guilty of conspiracy. At a minimum, Donald Trump and Jeff Clark are in a conspiracy, and there's no way on earth that the Department of Justice 
is not investigating this. Yeah. And that's a really great example, because I want to bring up some of these a lot of these defendants, boot, like boots on the ground, foot soldiers in the insurrection are being charged with conspiracy to obstruct a congressional thing. Right. Even conspiracy to aid and abet those known and unknown to do the same. And they all they often bring up the fact that they attempted to do this. And in fact, these foot on the ground guys did do that. We delayed the verification of the certification of the election for eight, eight hours, seven, eight hours. Right. So they actually were successful, but they put that in there to to as a notation to say you don't have to be successful. But they were. And you and I have also talked about how that sets up the generals, right? The people who funded and incited and instigated this, because if you've got a couple hundred people admitting that they aided and abetted somebody who wanted to obstruct this the, the verification and they did overt acts, which they lay out in the indictments to do that, that implicates people higher up, doesn't it? It does. And, and here's what here's a phrase I don't think you've ever heard me utter before. Let me take up for the funders and the organizers for a minute. OK, now the generals, Donald Trump, Don Jr., Mo Brooks, Rudy Giuliani, they, in fact, expressly ex- uh, incited the insurrection on January 6th. Those are the generals who set the foot soldiers on the Capitol to attack it. They're all guilty. They need to be indicted. But let me take up for a minute for the organizers and the funders. If I was among the organizers and the funders and what I knew was that we were going to have a big rally on January 6th and I helped fund and organize the rally. And here's here's what the defense would be. But as a funder and an organizer, I thought Donald Trump and company were going to say, let's go and peacefully protest what's going on at the Capitol. So the funders and the organizers are going to have an out. And the out is. I didn't know Donald Trump, Mo Brooks, Rudy Giuliani and Don Jr. were going to be as reckless and as overtly criminal as they were when they incited something that, yes, I funded and organized. This is a fact intensive endeavor that the prosecutors have to undertake to see who should be charged among the funders and the organizers. But the insiders, AG, the insiders need to be indicted. Yeah, there's even a, a chapter in Hatchet Man, which is Ellie Honig's book about know the facts. You have to you have to go with the facts where there was a Gambino crime family investigation and two guys were sent out to beat the beat the hell out of a guy. And they got the driver to flip and the driver said and they, they shot the guy right instead of beat, beat, beating him up, hospital beating. And they flipped the driver and the driver told the prosecutors we were all surprised when the guy came up and started shooting because we were just supposed to put him in the hospital. And that was the order from Gotti. Right. And so therefore they couldn't go after Gotti for attempted murder because that wasn't the intent right there. Right. The intent was just to put the guy in the hospital. That's sort of exactly what's happening here with the out for people who funded the insurrection and helped organize it. And, And so those facts are important and sometimes they don't go the way you want them to go. But you have to follow the facts. Every case is a fact-intensive, unique uh, set of circumstances. And you're exactly right. You have to follow the facts. Now, what I will say is when there is a conspiracy to, for example, scare somebody with a gun, and the and so that is the agreed-upon crime. 
you can extend criminal liability to all natural and probable consequences that result from the crime you agreed to commit. And if you agreed to commit a crime with a gun and scare somebody, and some of the co-conspirators get a little over-enthusiastic and they shoot the guy, I maintain as a prosecutor that because it was a natural and probable consequence of the crime agreed to, you are also on the hook for all of the crimes by all of the co-conspirators. That's really interesting. I have a question for you about why we haven't heard about a criminal federal investigation into at least the Clark Trump thing. But we do have IG, Inspector General and Senate investigations. And we want to mention the interesting nature of a Saturday session with the Senate. But I do have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? I will. Thanks, everybody. We'll be right back. Hello, it's AG with the Daily Beans. And this segment of the pod is brought to you by Upstart. When you carry a credit balance month after month, especially with those high interest rates, it can feel like you're trapped in an endless cycle of debt because you make the minimum payment and the debt doesn't decrease. But you can make that final payment with Upstart so you can get ahead. Upstart is an online personal loan service that helps you pay off your debt fast. More than half a million people have used Upstart to consolidate high interest credit card debt or pay off their credit cards or fund personal expenses with simple fixed monthly payments. Now, other lenders look at your credit score only, but Upstart looks at your income and your employment history because you're more than just a number. This means they can offer a smarter interest rate with their trusted partners. And with a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. Upon approval of your loan, your funds can be available as quickly as one business day. So many of our friends and gig workers and comedians and artists have found themselves living off of credit cards during the past year. And so I highly recommend checking out Upstart. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today. Go to upstart.com slash dailybeans. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. And please use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Just head to upstart.com slash dailybeans now and get started today. It feels so good to be debt free. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking to the host of Justice Matters, Glenn Kirshner. Glenn, we were talking a little bit before the break. You had mentioned that we have the inspector general known, publicly reported, investigating Trump Clark. We have the Senate Judiciary now known investigating Trump Clark. And what does it say to you that on Friday for two hours, Rosen sat with the IG and from the New York Times, Katie Benner report, Rosen's been working with the Department of Justice for most of the year. That's a direct quote for most of the year to get this testimony out while it was fresh in his mind, according to Rosen or according to people who are familiar with the matter. And before any of Trump allies could sue to block it. So what does what does it say to you, this sort of this is massive reporting that we had a a Friday and a Saturday sit down with one of Trump's appointees to discuss what went on with with Clark and Trump. So, yeah, first of all, seven hours, the Senate Judiciary Committee sat on a Saturday in August. Now, I'm going to be just uh, as a plain old citizen, I'm going to say that's unusual. And I actually talked to some of my political friends. and They said, yeah, that's unusual. Um, so it seems to me that at least the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee appreciates the urgency of this. And of course, the IG. Now, the, now the, um, when Congress investigates things, it, it can be publicly known, right? Because there are no grand jury secrecy rules and that sort of thing. When the inspector general opens an investigation, it can be publicly known. Of course, what we don't know and we shouldn't know is what's going on in the in the 
DOJ in the prosecutorial arena. But here is, this is my strong sense, AG, from being involved in high profile cases where I had a witness that was really important to my prosecution and that witness was also important to some other agency. For example, if the if the D.C. government was being sued for something that the Metropolitan Police Department did, my witness in the crime might also be a really important witness in those civil investigations and matters. You know what I did 10 times out of 10? I made sure I put that person in the grand jury before that person ever testified before any other body. That goes for an IG investigation. It goes for civil suits. It goes for um, uh, congressional testimony. So if I had to bet a dollar of my own money, that's my betting limit because I'm not a betting man, I would bet one dollar that Jeff Rosen has already appeared before a grand jury because those prosecutors need to craft his testimony, not in an unethical way. They need to get a handle on the universe of what information he can provide in furtherance of a possible prosecution. They need to lock that into the grand jury, and then the other branches of government can do what they need to do, like Congress. So I am betting DOJ is already on top of this. Now, why would you send your really strong evidence like the Donahue notes or the Rosen testimony or the Clark letter out to Congress if you're trying to keep it a secret? Well, first of all, (laughs) if Congress requests it and it's evidence of presidential crime, it becomes a real challenge if the Department of Justice sits on it and declines to give it over to Congress. Because let's face it, Congress is a co-equal branch of government with important oversight responsibilities. So I, I think it's a delicate balance that Merrick Garland has been trying to strike. Listen, I was thrilled when he said, we will not be letting anybody invoke executive privilege to try to hide what Donald Trump did in his efforts to corruptly overturn the election. Yeah. And he said, even though we normally would, these are exigent, unprecedented circumstances, right? That's something, those letters, those notes, executive privilege, that is something we would expect an institutionalist like Merrick Garland to hold on to or to argue against against giving up. So the fact that he's giving them up, that was a big clue to me that the Department of Justice is is in on this. And they're not going to give them up until they have accomplished what they need to in furtherance of their criminal investigation with an eye toward prosecution. That's why I believe DOJ is three steps ahead of the, the Senate and probably five steps ahead of the inspector general's office. Yeah. And I can't imagine that the Department of Justice would just hand these investigations off to to the Senate and the inspector general without doing anything themselves unless they were, you know, just maybe trying to provide cover for themselves to look apolitical by saying, well, we got criminal referrals from the nonpartisan inspector general Horowitz and the bipartisan Senate Judiciary Committee. We couldn't ignore that. So, I mean, six or one half dozen of the other, take your pick. But either way, I find it for me personally, and I have no experience in any of this. I find it very hard to believe that the Justice Department wouldn't be conducting a parallel investigation. Although it is interesting that we haven't heard about a grand jury being impaneled or seen anybody like Rosen going in to testify to a grand jury. I'm assuming 
these grand juries are like staked out by reporters outside waiting to see people go in and out, much like we were waiting to see if Weisselberg goes in and out of the grand jury in New York. But I, I imagine in D.C. there's any number of grand juries or is it grand's jury? I don't know <laughs> that that are impaneled at any given moment. And there's really no way we could know if it's the one or if it's just one of many. Right. Yeah. A.G., you know how many times I snuck witnesses in in vehicles that had tinted windows, bringing them into the basement of either the U.S. attorney's office where we have five grand juries sitting uh, at all times or over in the federal courthouse where we have two or three grand juries sitting and they can actually cross pollinate the grand juries in each of those two buildings can return uh, indictments in both local D.C. Superior Court and D.C. Federal Court. Really unique jurisdiction. Um, so you know what, if a Jeffrey Rosen has already been run through the grand jury by prosecutors, and I suspect he probably has, um, we wouldn't know about it and we shouldn't know about it. Yeah, that, that's the only, that's my main thing. People are calling for the arrest of, of Donald Trump for this. And, um, before your case is solid and before you have char- you can't just arrest people and detain them without charging them. And I mean, that's some pretty fascist stuff, no matter how bad the criminal is. But, you know, I just I feel like I see a lot of calls for Garland to step down and for him to be arrested immediately. And, and I, I feel like people are sort of like you say, they're missing the the trees in the forest for the for the trees <laughs> to quote you. I'm calling for the arrest of Donald Trump, but not at this moment for inciting the insurrection or a seditious conspiracy. Those are things that still need to be investigated. What I don't understand, A.G., and I, I don't think I've heard anybody explain it to my satisfaction, is why we haven't taken volume two of the Mueller report, put on stapled to it what's called the face sheet, which is just an application for an arrest warrant, walked into a federal judge's chambers, handed it to the judge and said, we've got probable cause plus, 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 plus. And we're asking for an arrest warrant for half a dozen counts of obstruction of justice. Ten times out of ten, with the evidence in volume two, a federal judge will sign that warrant. That's the part that I think Donald Trump should have been arrested for on January 21st as Mueller testified when he leaves office, he can be indicted for these crimes. Now, I understand, I guess the counter argument is that, well, you know, that that's old news and that would make it look like we're vindictive because nothing happened back then. Nothing could happen back then because the pinheads at OLC said you can't arrest the sitting criminal president. So I'm not persuaded by my own counter argument. Um, But that's the part that really irks me, because there are crimes that he's committed for which he can be arrested right now. But we're letting him, you know, uh, recruit foot soldiers for insurrection 2.0. That's the part I don't get because public safety is at risk. Our democracy is at risk. Why have we not moved out on other criminal charges? You want to hear my uh, tinfoil hat counter? Please, please. What if those obstruction of justice charges are part of the larger conspiracy of Donald Trump trying to subvert our elections, 2016 included? And that goes through the 2016 election through Russia, then with the obstruction of justice, then on to the pardons and then on to the 2020 election and the insurrection. But again, you don't like with the Weisselberg indictment, you don't have to wait until you have 
everything. Bingo. I was going to say, first of all, your observation is a great one. And you probably should have been a prosecutor because (laughs) because I actually do think there's an argument that it is all one big conspiracy to first acquire and then retain power unlawfully and unconstitutionally. But as you just said, not only do you not have to wait to bring all charges in one indictment when public safety is at risk, you don't wait. You take down the investigation, you lock up the dangerous folk who are out in the community, then you work towards superseding indictments to build your your case and include all of the crimes. So yeah, I, I like your theory, but I still think Donald Trump should have been arrested already. Yeah. And what was the point of getting Don McGahn's second testimony, if not to make a criminal referral and, and arrest arrest Donald Trump? I don't I don't get it. I feel that I feel like everyone's sort of like, all right, we did it. We got it. We're done. And uh, that bugs me. Yeah, me too. But in, until I get an announcement from the Department of Justice saying they aren't pursuing those charges, I'm still going to give them the benefit of the doubt. But you're right. Timing is a factor. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is this still irks me. We had Michael Cohen as a co-conspirator plead guilty to campaign finance violations at the direction of and for the benefit of Donald Trump. Can somebody explain to me why Donald Trump has not been charged with those crimes? That's a ready-made case. Now, I this I can actually make a more compelling counterargument, and it's a, it's a little bit down in the legal weeds. But you know, people will say, "Well, Michael Cohen may have ple- pleaded guilty to something that." you know, was a little bit of an overstatement. Remember how we couldn't convict John Edwards of campaign finance violations? Because I will agree that proving that it's a thing of value, this kind of this campaign information that you could either exploit or bury, um, is that a thing of value statutorily? People may say, well, Michael Cohen may have pleaded guilty to more than he really could have been convicted of at trial in his zeal to provide information against Donald Trump. So I I get that, but I would still have given it a go because that's something when you commit crimes to steal an election and then you hold up the the presidential shield that you stole as uh, protection against being charged for those crimes, you you got to give that one a try. Yeah. And the judge told the prosecutors in that case, you, you, you either need to close this case or, or charge someone else. And they, they chose to opted to close that case. I think that was under Berman. I could be wrong, but that doesn't preclude prosecutors from reopening things that hadn't been charged. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. So anytime a prosecutorial decision is made that we don't have enough evidence to charge a, a case or we won't we don't charge a case for some reason, that decision can always be revisited. Like because you don't charge a sitting president. You don't indict a sitting president. Oh, that's president. a perfect example. Perfect example. Hmm. Well, he's not sitting. You have to worry about statute of limitations, too, though, because most crimes carry a five-year statute of limitations. So if you don't act in five years, you may lose your opportunity to charge somebody. But you can always file the indictment under seal, sit on it. But I don't know that they did that in this particular case. Or, But yeah. We do have we do have the statute of limitations, although I will say for the obstruction stuff, I would consider the dangled pardons and the execution of the pardons right before he left office as when that sort of statute of limitations would start to toll. Right. So it, it, the obstruction of justice took took place in 2017, which means it would expire in 2022. But if you count the pardons, which were the, the completion, the cherry on top of the obstruction stuff, 
that extends it to to Christmas of 2025. <laughs> yeah, if if conspiratorial acts are continuing, then the statute of limitations doesn't even start running, right? So I mean, the, and when we look back to the campaign finance crimes, remember, yeah, they were committed in 2016, but remember Donald Trump was still writing Michael Cohen reimbursement checks from the Oval Office. So that extends the statute of limitations because it was an ongoing conspiracy at that point. Yeah. Well, we'll keep on top of all of this. And sometimes no news is good news if they're holding it close to their chest. I appreciate your time today. Everybody, please check out Justice Matters. You must just Google it. You'll find you'll find Glenn and uh, follow Glenn on Twitter. Glenn Kirshner, I appreciate your time today. Thanks, AG. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hello, everyone. It's Allison Gill. Do you ever feel tired and worn out at the end of the day with headaches and watery eyes and you can't figure out why? Well, it's probably because you've been staring at screens all day. I used to get terrible headaches, tired and sore eyes because I'm on screens all the time, looking at the news, reading the news, doing social media, writing scripts, reading scripts, and then back to the news. It's all screens for me all day. But thankfully, I found the solution to my blue light blues. And the answer is blue blocks. B-L-U-B-L-O-X. They have a variety of amazing glasses designed to solve these specific problems. I got the blue light computer glasses. They have clear lenses and they help with headaches, sore eyes, digital eye strain, watery eyes and fatigue. They're easy to use. You just wear them. They're glasses. <laughs> the lenses are designed to help with migraines and stress and anxiety and low mood, poor sleep, fatigue, low energy, jet lag. They have all sorts of glasses to help with these problems. Blue Blocks' stylish frames have been featured in GQ and Vogue. I love mine. They're like a blue tortie shell. They're absolutely they just look so good on my face. And science-backed technology. It's tested to ensure they actually work. We like science. Their products have helped me immensely with digital eye strain and headaches. I, I didn't even realize it was a thing until I started wearing these and how much just pressure, that feeling of pressure has taken off my eyes. I recommend them to anyone who spends a lot of time staring at screens. With glasses for every need, Blue Box glasses come in non-prescription, prescription, and reading options too. They also have low blue light bulbs, which are awesome, red light therapy devices, and 100% blackout sleep masks, which are divine, all backed by science. Blue Blocks ship worldwide in rapid time, and they have easy returns and exchanges. So go to blueblocks.com slash dailybeans. Use coupon code dailybeans, all one word, to save 15% off your order. That's blueblocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com slash dailybeans. And again, use a coupon code dailybeans to save 15%. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll Yay, Dana, it's our first good news back in over a week. I'm excited. I, me too. I've missed it. It really does make my day better. So I cannot wait to hear these stories and see pictures and, and uh, limericks and whatever else they threw at us. <laughs> I know. What's it going to be? I'm looking forward to it too. I try to make a point not to read it ahead of time. So I'm, I'm genuinely reacting to the good news as it happens. And if you have any good news or confessions, corrections, any games that we're playing, want to play What the Mutt, or just want to send photos of your family or your fur babies or your happy places or your vacation, whatever you want to send to us, we would love to see it. Just do that by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Seriously, it makes our day. And first up, from Anonymous, pronouns she and her. I really love the show. I enjoy listening every day. As a survivor and queer person, I especially appreciate getting the news from people who have lived that experience. Today, AG, I listened to you talk about Cuomo and I was just nodding along the whole time. It just means so much to me to hear stories like that from people who get what it's like to be a victim or survivor of the shitheads who abuse their power and the systems that enable that crap. When you talked about how reporting was arguably as traumatizing as the actual abuses, it just means the world to hear someone else who gets it. So thank you. I noticed recently the ads for sustainable clothing companies. <laughs> 
I would love to buy clothes from all of them, but I can't because they don't make stuff in my size, which is really frustrating. It's difficult to find sustainably made size inclusive brands. It's an underserved market. There is way too much to unpack here about the problems in the fashion industry. Yes, yes, anonymous, there is body positivity and how it's all part of a bigger social justice issue. So I'll just say, if you have an opportunity to advocate for size inclusive, sustainable fashion, please do so. I will. I will let the uh, advertising agency know. Once again, you are awesome. The show is awesome. And I admire very much how you make complicated legal political things accessible and constantly advocate for justice. It's rad. Well, thank you. It is rad. Oh, my goodness. There was a little scroll, just a little scroll. This is from uh, Kristen. Uh, yep. Uh, uh, no, no, no pronouns given on Kristen. Just paying an overdue pod pet pics. Please enjoy my pup and kitty. That they look like they came from the same litter, and they really do. They do. That's a oh, tuxedo God. dog. So with sweet. The, with is that like a schnell a poodle schnauzer? Like looks look, like it. Look at the beard, and then this chonkaroo floof of a kitty with the with the fur. Oh my goodness! Coming out of the peats. That's so cute. You want to take the next one because that was a pretty. <laughs> sure, I will be happy to. This is from Carissa, pronoun she and her. This is misheard lyric. My sister was born deaf and had three or four surgeries to replace the two small stapes, stapes bones, interesting, in her ears by the time she was eight or nine. We surmised that her time before she could hear clearly allowed her to absolutely not need song lyrics to make sense. (laughs) Interestingly, she's a fantastic lyricist now. An example, she was singing a song whose words are, When you know that your life is still a wonder, just throw back your head and sing. She, with her amazing voice, was belting out, when you know that your life is Stevie Wonder, just go back to bed and sing. (laughs) I like that better. I actually do too. Attached, oh my goodness. Attached is Gretchen Green Eyes, whose adoption date was a year ago, July 22nd, and who only just in the last couple of weeks finally started demanding we sit or lay down so she could cuddle. As long as we don't get stupid and pet her too much. Yeah. Do you know your limits? Oh my limits. God. What a beautiful kitty. Gorgeous. So it's like a it's like a calico tuxedo. You've got white points on here. This is an adorable. Oh. The last picture. <laughs> <laughs> the look on the face mm. of the cat oh my god like, why are you taking my photo yep it's so adorable oh okay the next one i'm already seeing the picture as well oh d- oh my god from pronouns she and her no name given hi beans queens i wanted to share my dog's good news with you my rescue of 10 years peanut pronounced peanut Yay. has had a rough few months starting with a skin issue that required weekly medicated baths followed by an ulcer on one of her eyes She already has impaired vision from cataracts, so it was hard. Sadly, the ulcer ruptured, and it's very painful, so we removed her eye. Yesterday, she had her stitches removed and was finally able to be groomed after months. Oh, I know that feeling. She's like a puppy again, and the loss of the eye is not slowing her down at all. No questions on her breed. She's a bossy little Lhasa Apso. (gasps) She's a damn cute little Lhasa Apso. Oh, my God. Oh, that second picture. I know she's okay, but it makes my heart I know. I know. It's it's like a physical heart pain, right? It is, right? In my sternum. Oh. Oh, look at this sweet, sweet baby. Oh, I'm so glad she's back to puppiness and and no pain. And that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you're taking care of this little baby angel. Look at the shark suit. I can't even. Oh, my goodness. 
And yes, people, I know I have, I just said I'm having a heart pain in my sternum. I'm very aware that's not where my heart is. So I don't need anyone writing in and correcting me. I love our preempt. That's where I'm feeling I have to, because you know, someone's like, and okay, power on at Muller She Wrote. Yep. Hi, Dana. I just wanted to inform you the heart is not in the sternum. (laughs) Okay. This next one's from Mary, pronoun she and her. Hearing all of these what the mutt stories has made me think of the various dogs that my family has had over the years. I was in middle and in high school. We had a cocker spaniel named Missy who loved to eat human food. My mom would feed her slices of American Mm. cheese. Whenever my mom bought those pre-cooked rotisserie chickens, she would buy two. One for the humans in the family and one for Missy. Nice. I don't have any photos of Missy handy, but I wanted to share a picture of my mom's current dog with you. Her name is Gabby and she is a golden retriever. Here she is, sleepy on her couch. My mom does the same thing with Gabby. She buys her own rotisserie chicken from the store and she feeds her cheese. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's definitely the dog's couch. I can feel it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, when, when we had the Great Pyrenees growing up that took up the entire love seat, that was just his, that was just his chair. Yeah. You know how you buy miniature couches for cats? You have to buy an actual love seat to, for, <laughs> yeah. for, the, for the Great Pyrenees. Steph Miller knows. What's up, Steph? Her puppy, by the way, is huge. Oh, Steve Austin Steve is Austin ridiculous. Is, he's already taking up the entire couch and he's just a baby. Okay. Next up from Sarah, no pronouns given. Hey, Beans Queens, greetings from Commie Land, a.k.a. Sweden. <laughs> Been a listener for about a year, though somehow it feels longer because I can't really imagine what life was like before the beans came into it. Ha ha. You really help an outsider like me, keep up with and more importantly, understand what's happening in the United States, which I think is really important because like it or not, the U.S. has a huge amount of direct and indirect influence on the rest of the world. Yes. So thank you for making things make sense and for highlighting the schadenfreude. Uh, Oh, she wants me to say it in Swedish. Uh, And and that's probably wrong. And bringing some well-needed news and fun along with it all. You can laugh at me, Sarah. It's okay. I'm laughing. That was adorable. Skadagliade. Yeah. I want to share some of my own good and also life-altering news with you. We welcomed our beautiful baby boy three weeks ago. And not that you or any Beans listeners need any persuasion when it comes to the need for publicly funded universal health care. The total cost... For my husband and babies, two nights in the hospital was a whopping 200 Swedish krona, roughly 21 U.S. dollars. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Cost for prenatal care and checkups and postnatal care for both me and my baby is nothing. And of course, we have more than a year's worth of paid parental leave to share between me and my husband. I can't imagine having a baby in a country where support and subsidies of this kind and magnitude are not available. Not even just that kind and magnitude, like zero Yeah, no kidding. Given all we get for our taxes here, I consider paying taxes an honor and would, of course, not neglect my duty to pay the pod pet tax either. So here's our baby watching the fish, baby Severums, a few months old from our accidentally breeding pair of adult Severums, and our baby in his Baba's arms with Simba, who is doing remarkably well with the new addition that we have to be super careful about keeping pacifiers well out of his reach because he tends to want to eat them. (laughs) Though he's clearly visible in this pic, we regularly need to play find the cat with Simba as he's so incredibly (laughs) black that he seems to completely vanish in dark places. And last but not least, a very proud big sister, Jika, or Yika, I'm not sure, 
uh, who watches over her little brother and can't wait for him to become big enough to play with her. Not a mutt, but feel free to guess her breed anyway. <gasps> AG, can you explain to me what I'm looking at in this first picture? Because whatever's above the babies looks terrifying. Is that alien? That- Why is my brain? It, they look like black lobsters with extra alien. Is it alien? Like, like Sigourney Weaver is babysitting this child. Yeah. I'm going to need an explanation. What? Yeah. That looks... Oh, my God. Oh, God. I actually zoomed in and it's worse. Yeah. I know. I'm zooming in, too. There's a castle okay. there for them to... What is happening? Sarah, I'm going to need an explanation because right now it looks like your baby All right. might be... Here's our baby watching somewhere. the fish. Those are severums. Oh. A few months old from our severums. accidentally breeding pair of severums. Okay. Now, I'm, now I need to look this up. This must be... This is. Oh, my God. Thing. That's a... T- it has to be Swedish. I'm so sorry. It was like terrifying. Severum child care. Severum fish focus. Severums. Are they aggressive? It's also known as a... Ba- yes! Okay. <laughs> but but the the picture, though, they look... That's not what is in the, in the thing. I have to keep scrolling. I'm not going to sleep tonight. Severums are tiny, uh, tiny, pretty orange fish. Oh. What is it with the alien... Are those like aquarium decorations? I, I'm so sorry. I, I'm the baby is absolutely beautiful. I'm terrified at what is above the baby. So if you could please just give us a little note after you yeah, listen, because I can see I can see the little fish, like the black and white stripy ones, which I think are the severums. But what the frick? <laughs> I, I feel like we're being punked. Are you, are you Sarah? Are you punking us? Oh my gosh. Uh, pay attention, boy. Baby Severums accidentally breeding pair of dogs. And our baby in Bob's just doesn't mention, she doesn't mention the aliens. Okay. No, okay. And then the dog. Oh. Oh. Is, is, the baby. Baby flip, is the baby flipping the bird? No. No, but it's like a punk rock symbol, though. Oh, in the third picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the rock. The baby symbol. is absolutely flipping the bird um i can't tell if that's the first finger uh, let's just say it's the middle one i think it's the rock on yeah it's adorable look at that pup i'm still going for this aquarium i can't i stopped looking at it <laughs> if this picture's in the newsletter and i hope it is i'm gonna need someone else in the beans family i'm gonna go into the chat on facebook how you have behind the beans and i would like to know <laughs> if you all see the same thing ag and i do <laughs> <laughs> i can't even zoom anymore oh we gotta go back though like let's forget about this because this is such the sweetest story and sarah congratulations on this gorgeous baby i know i know not to mention this adorable pitbull terrier mix yes no it's purebred pity oh oh no chica it's an american pitbull terrier that is a void kitty. That is a, you're right. I would lose that kitty in the dark. Oh my goodness. I'm still, I, I'm still looking in the, in the submission for clues as to what the fuck is in the aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't, I can't look back at the picture. Sarah, write us back and let us know what the fuck's going Please. on. Uh, Cause when I look up severums, they're, they're the black and white stripy fish. That's what the severums are. The tiny ones. You can see them in there. Yeah, but the, uh, that's some. She punked us. She totally punked us. <laughs> well done, Sarah. It's like you alien win. lobsters in there. You win today. <laughs> I'm like, 
<laughs> I don't know what these Swedish fish are, but <laughs> there's not the Swedish fish I know. No, yeah, no. Swedish fish are delicious. Uh, anyway, thank you all for sending these in. If you want to punk us like this in one of your, this is this is a really good way to to get a really long and interesting conversation going. Yeah. And listen, I know a lot of you are very good at Photoshop. Don't start making up pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Can't. All right. But again, thank you. And thank you to everyone for submitting all your stuff. If you have anything you want to send us, please do that at dailybeanspod.com. It's what nightmares are made of. Click on contact. I know. Dana, it's so good to have you back. It is so good to be back. Yep. And I'll be up in LA this weekend. Maybe we can say hi. I'm going to be. Oh, wait. No, you're Fire Island this weekend. I'm going to be Fire Island. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you happen to be in the Fire Island area, Cherry Grove tickets are still available. There's a few left. It's Saturday night at 8 p.m. and you can get them at artsprojectcg.org. Amazing. I'm so happy for you. This show is going to be awesome. 75 minute show. Oh, yes. You get all of it. Every joke I've ever written, you will hear Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) Every joke I've ever written by Dana Goldberg. That's right. Well, awesome. And I think everyone's looking forward to that. I know I am looking forward to hearing all about it. I wish I could be there. I really do. I'm just going to be in LA this weekend. Maybe I'll do a meet and greet or something while I'm up there. Nice. Good Uh, idea. If you are in the Los Angeles area, you're interested in meeting up, shoot me an email, ag at com. Let me know if you're interested. If there's enough interest drummed up, I'll, I'll make a point to to set aside some time to see all y'all. And until tomorrow, we're going to do this again tomorrow, Dana. I'm so excited. I am so happy to be back. Everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.